This is Jim Minns, Communications Officer with the PSA. On the podcast this week... There is this overt hostility from the um, Liberals and the Nationals towards higher education that is being played out with the cost of thousands of jobs. A crisis in the university sector. The coronavirus did not cause the crisis in the university sector. It exacerbated the red flags that could be seen for months, even years in advance. That is the message from CPSU New South Wales Branch Assistant Secretary Troy Wright and Federal Shadow Minister for Education Tanya Plibersek in an online forum this past week. We're going to play to you highlights from that meeting as well as a supplementary interview with Troy Wright about the crisis itself and what the union believes needs to be achieved to overcome the challenges to our members who work in this sector. Troy, if you could tell us, what is the crisis? What what is universities facing? So the pandemic has brought its crisis in itself, but it's actually shed a light on an underlying crisis in terms of funding that the whole tertiary education sector has been experiencing. Um, The pandemic has obviously frozen out international students, which we are now realising wasn't a side project of universities to attract additional money has very much become a primary source of income underpinning their business model. And that's a drift from 10 or 20 years ago when universities were encouraged to get international students as a way of getting additional income. Now it's become a very, very essential part of the way they survive and continue to supply education to the domestic market. It's also highlighted that additionally, the domestic funding model provided by the federal government is inadequate. And out of that, the crisis that's occurring is massive job losses across the sector. It's the main way that we educate the professionals of the future, all of whom contribute to our success as a nation. It's also our biggest services export, fourth largest export overall, uh, close to $40 billion a year in the good times, supporting about a quarter of a million jobs, about 130,000 full-time equivalent academic and professional staff, um, 14,000 in the regions. So you take a few hundred jobs out of a regional town and you see what, what a huge impact it has on that regional town. So it, this is a, a huge, um, hugely important sector, both for the educational benefit that it provides, the research um, that universities provide, uh, and also for the the economic impact they have with employment and export dollars. There is this overt hostility from the um, Liberals and the Nationals towards higher education that is being played out with the cost of thousands of jobs uh, in the university sector, and it's being played out at the expense of the students who miss out on a university education because the Liberals are not prepared to invest to give them one. So, true. with such stark figures, Tanya Plibersek uh, noted that public sector universities weren't eligible for JobKeeper. In fact, the federal government went so far as to make sure that they were exempt from JobKeeper. How is that a reasonable response to the crisis that you're highlighting? It's, it's simply not, and it's made the crisis worse. The only reason higher education that we can surmise was excluded from the JobKeeper program was an ideological one, that somehow higher education jobs are not worth the same as a hospitality job or a tourism job or, 
you know, our, our, our members would have read all through the media in recent weeks the number of multinational corporations that seem to have got onto the JobKeeper scheme that one would question whether they should have been eligible at all. It's true of our public universities, but in fact, uh, Bond University and the Sydney campus of New York University, I think it is, were able to access JobKeeper. So it's not even a consistent approach on JobKeeper. They were happy to provide JobKeeper to private tertiary education providers, English language schools, a whole lot of other private providers. It, it is actually public universities that Australian taxpayers have invested in over decades that have been denied JobKeeper. Alongside job losses, we've seen a big increase in the casualisation of the workforce. And you, you all know that this is a, a workforce that you're part of that was really suffering from casualisation in the past as well. And universities have been looking, a lot of universities have been looking for an excuse to rely more heavily on casuals and find other ways of cutting staffing costs. They've been trying to do it for years and this has given them a great opportunity uh, to really go down this route. Generally, I think the Labor opposition policies generally seem to recognise the fundamental problem is that higher education has been treated with the hands off, let the market decide, neoliberal neo approach to delivering it as a product. And that is not working. It's not working and we're seeing it not working now. It, higher education is no different to primary, secondary and trade and, and vocational training. It's no different than those forms of education, yes, it's funded in a very, very different way. It's time that it's brought into the fold as far as education funding like those other forms of education and recognised as part of a part of a broader system. Um, it delivers for the Australian community people tertiary qualified. That is an economic benefit, yet we don't have that same public investment into it. So I'm very encouraged that I think the Labor opposition is coming up with policies that's, that are more of an interventionist model, way of intervening, making sure that this isn't just a market, this isn't just consumers, this isn't allow the market to decide what they deliver and where. It's got to be governed by good public policy, both in what it delivers and how it's funded. We'll conclude with the summary from CPSU New South Wales Vice President, who was chair of the forum, Shelley Odewan. We all know what it's like to see one in five of our colleagues walk out the door. We know what it's like to have to say goodbye to them and we know what it's like to be left with a completely unsustainable workload um, and with no end in sight and no solution yet. So I, you know, I would encourage you all, if you are not yet members of the CPSU, to join and stand in solidarity with, with your colleagues, particularly if your university is engaging in enterprise bargaining at this point in time. And it will not be about looking to improve our conditions and ensure that we have uh, you know, reasonable pay rises. It will be about stopping the bosses from slaughtering, utterly butchering your conditions taking away everything that we have fought for in the past. This is a weekly podcast and you can subscribe to the PSA CPSU podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jim Minns. Thanks again, and you'll hear from us next week. Thank you.